Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress.
I mean, should I fear? Do I have anything to fear when the Lord surrounds us? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we have the confidence of knowing that he surrounds us. He is with us. He is in us. And he will never leave us. That's the promise that we have. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Let us pray. Great and mighty God, wonderful Savior, provider, keeper, preserver, life-giving, sustainer. God, we come this morning First, to simply say thank you. Thank you for the privilege we have to worship you. The privilege we have to serve you. The privilege we have to serve one another. God, on this day, we simply say thank you. Thank you, Father, for the celebration of the gift of life through your women that you have called mothers. So God, thank you for the privilege we have to be mothers. We love you, we honor you, we adore you, and we give thanks to you. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray and give thanks. And the people of God said together, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I am honored and privileged and blessed to be here on this day. Thank you, Pastor Classy, for the invitation to come. Thank you, deacons and leadership, for receiving that recommendation. Thank you, disciples, for your presence. I am... Um, grateful to God, knowing and understanding that God created me in his image, yes. just as he created you in his image, and that God, by his son, Jesus Christ, saved me one day when I discovered that I couldn't save myself. And then for the power of his Holy Spirit, who resides in each one of us, knowing that without him, that we would not have a mind to be in this house on this day. We wouldn't have a mind to even think about Jesus. So by the Holy Spirit, God, we give thanks to you. And now, Lord God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the leadership. Thank you for my friend, Pastor Preston. And if you don't mind, I'm gonna call her Reverend Classy. Because that's, that's what she is. I mean, she is classy. She fits her name, amen. And I thank you. We go back a few years. And I, I, I'm looking at my sister in Christ as well, Judge Bell. Amen. Going back from the beginning, 
The three of us served as associates in ministry at Christian Faith Baptist Church. We, we all emerged from uh, that ecclesiastical womb called David Forbes. Now, of course, Classic came to us from Ohio, but is now here. The Lord planted her feet here, and to God be the glory, for she's done, he's done great things through her, and we thank God for that. Look at this beautiful sanctuary. Only the Lord, only the Lord, and we are grateful, we are grateful to the leadership of this church, the deacons, all of the associates. Uh, my heart says thank you and greetings to you, all of God's people, in the name of Jesus. I want to just say to the mothers of the church, congratulations, and God bless you, and what an honor it is to serve as a mother. Amen. Give yourselves another hand of praise. Amen. I want to uh, say to Judge Bell how proud I am of you. Amen. Look at what the Lord has done with you. And that, that has a nice ring to it. Uh, you know, we, we need more uh, who in the political system who know the Lord. Amen. Amen. Congratulations to you and to your little daughter. Blessings to you. Good to see you. Since that little baby, I remember, to God be the glory. And uh, Reverend Deacon Jay, I'm making, I'm making him a, a reverend. He's with Mama. Please give him our regards. Indeed, it is good to be here again. I bring you greetings from Christian Faith Baptist Church in Raleigh. And all of the saints, uh, those who knew that I was coming, said that they would chime in. So um, to God be the some of them already do. Uh, absolutely. And so we are grateful for this connection. We're grateful that you are, we are still connected. Thank you for coming to help us celebrate our 30th anniversary. Uh, to God be the glory for that. We're in our 31st year. It doesn't seem as if it's been that long, but it's been 30 years, 31 years now. I'm 31 years older. Amen. <laughs> and so, but God is a keeper indeed. I um, was blessed. Uh, Sister Matos, I learned when I came in, I said, Lord, she, I know the name sounds familiar to me, and, uh, and she helped me to make that connection. We go way back, uh, beyond the 30 years, and so it is uh, a glory, glory be to God for seeing her again. And all of those who greeted us when we came in, it was such a spirit of hospitality. And I want to thank you for that spirit that you ex expressed to us when we came in. Blessings to you as well. Well, thank you again for this privilege to come and share on this day. And I, I want to say that I will not be before you long. That's, that's what I want to say. And I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that I will not be before you long. Um, the scripture was read in your hearing from Matthew. And that is the text that we will be speaking from. I just want to share a brief word this morning, and you heard the title, What to Do in a Crisis. This day and time, we are living in a crisis. 
the mother I want to present today is one I think has not received her just due. This, this mother that I'm talking about is a mother uh, living on the fringes, found in Matthew 15, 28, 21 to 28. This mother was not one free from trouble, not one well-to-do, not one uh, living a life of ease. This mother, unlike the beautiful Proverbs 31 mother, uh, was not one who was able to, to work and enjoy the fruits of her, la her labor and live a life of luxury. This mother's husband was not seated in the seat gate nor uh, take his seat at, among the elders. He was not, he was not one of those. Uh, she, the Bible doesn't tell us that, but I have to use uh, my imagination. Amen. She was not one who is clothed in fine linen and purple and lives a life of both hard work and labor. She, she worked hard, but she lived the best life that she could given her circumstances. On Mother's Day, you expect to hear a, a, a sermon with uh, raving reviews of the mothers who have done well, and, and, and I commend those mothers. But I want to talk about this mother, because it's not often that, that, that we talk about a mother who is troubled by family issues and challenges. There's a story behind this woman. Nobody wants to talk about the mother who is trapped by her circumstances and can't seem to find a way out. A mother stressed by the vicissitudes of life. This mother is not free to go to the spa every now and then. She does not have the luxury of personal me time. She, she, she's in a crisis. She's trying to find her way through this maze. When we look around us, our postmodern mothers are concerned about the endangerment of our sons and daughters. Uh, there is a reawakening of the reality of social injustice, uh, racism and health disparities and criminal behavior by law enforcement and agents. We are concerned that our sons and daughters uh, might not return home safely. Uh, this awakening has been termed as an epidemic. We are in a crisis. In the text, Jesus left Genezareth and came into the region of Tyre and Sidon on the Mediterranean Sea coast. Uh, Tyre and Sidon is located in the province of, of uh, Phoenicia. It is the hometown of the woman named Jezebel, who was married to the prophet Ahab. It is a hometown of the Shunammite woman whose son was reinvigorated with life by the prophet Elijah. Uh, it is a Gentile territory uh, where the Jews do not go. It was here that Jesus met an unnamed mother identified by Mark and as a Greek-born Syrophoenician. Matthew says that she was a Canaanite woman who lived in that region. Nobody knows her name, but everybody knows her situation. Uh, Matthew and Mark states that she had a daughter who was suffering terribly from demon possession. Uh, Matthew does not describe for us what this means. 
he does not tell us what the evidence of this state of existence is. He does not tell us what led this mother to believe that her daughter was demon-possessed. He doesn't tell us what kind of behavior she displayed or what kind of language she used to lead this mother to believe that her daughter was suffering from demon possession. I wondered if it was a physical illness that had been misunderstood. I wondered if this daughter was having temper tantrums to get her way. You know how they fall out in the floor, <laughs> amen. I wondered if she had uh, connected with the wrong crowd at school and had experimented with drugs and alcohol. I wondered about this, this child. I wondered if she had uh, uh, been abused by a relative or, or a family acquaintance and was acting out. I wondered if she was depressed and lonely and ostracized by her peers. I wondered if she had lost hope and had given up on life. What could cause this young girl to be so uh, powerfully possessed that her mother's uh, only way to identify the illness was demon possession? Uh, this mother was looking for a cure. She, was, she, she, she refused to give up on her daughter. She had run out of money, but not out of hope. She had, she had run out of help, but not out of options. Uh, this mother was in crisis. Uh, every now and then, we go through a crisis. Uh, your crisis might not be the crisis of this mother, but all of us have been through a crisis, and the Lord brought us through. Somebody might be in a crisis as I speak right now. Uh, somebody might be going through something even as I speak. There is some good news, and it is that it's not over until God says it's over. Uh, mothers, mothers are gifted people. Mothers, mothers know their children. Uh, note that, note to the children today. It, it, is, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you cannot fool your mother. Uh, they know who did it. Uh, they, they know who slipped and cut the slice of cake before dinner. You see, they, they know who took that piece of fried chicken. Uh, it, that would be JB. They, they, they know mothers have this innate ability to discern trouble long before the child is able to see trouble for themselves. This mother knew that the child was in a crisis. Uh, Mark states that, that Jesus traveled to the vicinity of Tyre where he entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there hoping to spend some quiet time. However, the public fame of Jesus had preceded him, and as soon as they found out who he was, the Bible says the good news escaped and, and, and the news of his presence leaked out. And when this mother in crisis heard that Jesus was in town, uh, she immediately reacted. Uh, the first thing she did was make her way to Jesus. How many of you know yes, yes. when we in trouble, the first thing we need to do is make our way to Jesus. The Bible says that she came to him and cried out saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. In a word, I, I'm in a crisis and I need you. And my daughter is sick and I, I need your help. I need you to come now. I, 
I have run out of money and out of options. The doctors don't know how to treat my daughter. I need a doctor in the house. How many of you believe that Jesus intentionally made this detour? It, was, it, was, it, it is outside of his usual ministerial territory. We can expect God to show up at the least expected places. Of all places, he shows up in Gentile territory, avoided by most of the Jews. He did this with the woman at the well. The scripture says that Jesus said he must needs go through Samaria. Uh, when there is a crisis, Jesus will find you. Yes. Jesus will make his way to you. We, we, we think that he's at a distance, but God is, is right there waiting on us. It is important to note that though the daughter is the one sick, the mother asked for mercy for herself. I, I, I had to wrestle with this piece. She's, she's asking for mercy for herself, but her daughter is the one who is sick. Why would this mother need mercy? Uh, the daughter is, is the one sick. This mother needs mercy, perhaps, to be able to handle her sick daughter. Uh, she comes to Jesus and begins to, to name the illness as she believes it is. She does not talk about the symptoms. She, she doesn't talk about what she sees, she, 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 what she might think is a symptom, but, but she names the culprit as she understands it. Sometimes we are unwilling to name the condition. We, we hide the condition because of shame and embarrassment, because of what people might think or what they might say. Uh, how many of us know that we must bring every condition to Jesus and believe him for the results? Uh, Matthew states that Jesus said nothing. He's silent. There, there have been times when we have prayed and Jesus said absolutely nothing. We cry and plead only to receive silence. We desire that God move when we speak. But how many of you know that God moves in God's own time? Uh, it, is, it is what Renita Weems refers to as holy silence. See, God may not come when we want him, but Dottie Peoples declares that he is an on-time God. Silence sometimes means spiritual testing. It means testing of our patience, uh, testing of our faith, and testing of our endurance, testing of our perseverance. Every now and then, we need a faith test. Every now and then, we need, to, we need to knock on the door of faith. We need to understand whether or not my faith is intact or not. The Bible says Jesus said nothing, but, but silence is broken by his closest contextual associates, his friends, his disciples, those who will take up the banner after he is gone, those who have been taught by him, those who are the ones who wanted to send the 5,000 away hungry just a few days ago. Now these disciples come to Jesus and they say, send her away, for she is crying after us. Well, how many of you know there are two problems? One, one the first problem is uh, they are not crying after them. She's crying after who? Jesus. She's, she's seeking Jesus. She wants help. She, she bypassed the disciples. The second problem is, it is clear that they have lost their mission. As disciples, we cannot dismiss 
an urgent cry for help. When the cry comes our way, we must be willing to respond. We cannot get caught up in status and, and cultural differences and social barriers. This mother's situation was so critical that she ignores the, the disciples' comments and simply awaits for Jesus to speak. I'm convinced that some of us are guilty of allowing others to interrupt our, our, our space, our waiting space. The time that, 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 that we need to just sit and be still. Uh, see, they, they interrupt by, by, by throwing fuel into the fire. Uh, the enemy is always trying to force us to give up on God. This mother's uh, desperation did not permit her to get into a confrontation with the disciples. She refused to be distracted. She refused to get into sideline discussions, but keeps her focus on Jesus. We must learn not to allow distractions to cause diversion from our focus on Jesus. That's the enemy's desire. Simply wait on Jesus. She simply waits only to hear Jesus say, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. In, in other words, you are not one of them. Uh, you, you're not of my culture. You're, you're not of the nation of Israel. Most of us would have given up. Most of us would have stopped right there. Most of us would have gone home right there. But not this mother. She stayed right there and she took her faith test. When our children's lives are at stake, uh, uh, we, we, we mothers are willing to pay the cost. Uh, out of her despair, out of her sense of urgency and out of her distress and her sense of desperation, she quickly developed a theology without being uh, theologically informed. She, she didn't even know she was doing it. Matthew describes her theology this way. She bowed down before the God that she did not know and she worshiped him and pleaded with him, Lord, help me. Not help my daughter, help me. I need you to help me to hold on until my change come. Matthew said, Jesus responded, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Uh, now this sounds demeaning and cruel, but Jesus was only connecting to the community. It was customary to refer to Gentiles as dogs. She, she understood the meaning of his vernacular. Therefore, it was not a surprise to her. So rather than give up and go home, uh, as some of us would have done, she responded with confidence. Even dogs can uh, eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Uh, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. I'm not going home. I'm not leaving this place. I I'm going to wait on you and wait for the crumbs to fall from the table. The Bible said Jesus answered her with these words. Woman, great is your faith. Your request is granted. Another version says, your daughter is healed. Well, what are the lessons from this Canaanite mother? There are five points. Now, Julie, you know, in school we learned that preachers ought to give three points. 
But after you've been preaching for a little while, and after you run into a woman like the woman, the Canaanite mother, you gotta have more than three points. So let me just share number one. This mother in crisis came to Jesus with a situation she could not handle. Don't wait until you run out of options before we come to Jesus. Uh, come to Jesus just as you are in your reality. In your reality. We don't try to hide anything. Just come clean before Jesus. Secondly, this mother asked for mercy on herself, not on her daughter. Why? Perhaps we need mercy on ourselves more than on our circumstances. Perhaps for her, uh, it was anxiety. For her, it was impatience. It was her anger at her daughter's condition, not knowing what to do, feeling helpless. Sometimes we need mercy uh, for our feelings that we have allowed to entrap us. Our feelings will, uh, will, will entrap us if we are not careful. Thirdly, she was honest about the condition of her daughter as she understood it. No excuses, no shame, no embarrassment. Without a doctor's diagnosis, she could only describe the illness as she understood it. The illness could have been epilepsy, Down syndrome, autism, cerebral palsy, or a deformity, uh, uh, some other illness that would cause people to stare. When people stare at you, then you begin to think something is wrong with you. She came to Jesus with the reality as she understood it. How many of us are willing to name our condition without feeling a sense of shame and guilt and embarrassment? Give the condition to Jesus. I remember my sister years ago, Sue, when we were children, she uh, had uh, epilepsy. And her epilepsy was extensive. It was, it was grand mal seizures. And when you see her, you would have thought you would run because it was scary. But it was a condition that was treated with medication. And now, as an uh, older woman, she no longer have those uh, seizures disorder. And so to God be the glory for the great things he has done. Number four, she pleads for help. Again, not for her daughter, but for her. Why? Perhaps she needed Jesus to help her trust God until the answer comes. To help her to accept the answer in whatever form it may come. To help her to avoid distractions caused uh, and caused her to lose focus while she waits. And ask God uh, to help you. Ask God to help you to hold on until your change comes. Ask God to help you avoid distractions while you wait on him for your answer. There be those who will try to trap you into pull you in a different direction that the Lord would have you to go. But hold on and hold out. Number five, lastly, she allowed her faith to be tested beyond what she thought she could endure. Give yourself permission to take your faith test when it comes. Don't quit. Don't give up. 
See, a crisis will hold you hostage until you find a solution, and the solution is in Jesus Christ. That, that's the answer. So, so never give up on God. Never stop. Never quit. Hold on until your change comes. Mothers are chosen by God, which places you in an elite group. There are no accidents. God uh, doesn't let go of you. Never give up on God. Whatever your circumstances are, just never give up on God. Trials may come. Storm clouds may rise. Strong winds may blow, but never give up on God. We may not be able to see our way clear. We may uh, be stumbling in the dark. We may be unclear on our direction, but one thing we've learned from the Canaanite mother is whether in a crisis or everyday living, never give up on God. Mothers have learned that when we call on the name of Jesus, wayward children come home. Chains are broken. Heavy loads are lifted. Darkness scatters. Clouds give way to sunshine. Depression gives way to hope. Unrest gives way to peace. Healing drives out sickness. Minds are regulated when we trust God. When we call on the name of Jesus, the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. So how do I make it through a crisis? Never give up on God. It doesn't matter what your situation is. Doesn't matter what they said. Doesn't matter what they do. How do I make it through a crisis? Never give up on God. The Canaanite mother didn't give up. Called her a dog. Told her she wasn't of us. But she never gave up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever your circumstances are, whatever your crisis may be, whatever they try to do to you, whatever they say about you behind your back, whatever traps they set, whatever barriers they put up, never, never, never give up on God. Your answer is on the way. Oh, it's coming. It, it is coming in due season. It's coming on time. Just because God is silent does not mean God doesn't hear. God hears your every cry and God will come to your rescue. So how do I make it through a crisis? Never give up on God. Never. Never. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or prayer report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.